What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Preview Show, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, Icarus FC, and part of the Beautiful Game Network. I am Justin Ashcraft, joined by Steve Mattias tonight. Steve, how are you? I'm good, and it is good to be back. Uh, though I did really enjoy having a little bit of a week off uh, listening to you and Laura Ellen uh, discuss all sorts of things. Um, I also, I'm going to say, I mean, it was a great conversation, but I really found it humorous at times. You're we like, well, we're actually supposed to be talking about previewing the next match, not all these other interesting things, uh, which is great. Um, and then your interview with Danny Griffin was just spectacular to hear from one of the players. Uh, yeah, yeah, great. Great to get a little bit of a vacation right before the semester started off at Pitt. Um, I'll be honest, I haven't even looked at what I have to do for school, really, but we had orientation with our new students in the master's program, uh, so I was on Zoom calls with new students that I may never get to meet in person, but, you know, that's what it is in the time of coronavirus, right? Um, glad to be here. It is It is what it is. So, yeah, yeah. It's Speaking of coronavirus and things that changed because of the coronavirus, hey, we're halfway through the season. After a 2-0 win over Loudoun United last evening, as we are recording this, uh, we are looking ahead to a game this weekend against St. Louis FC, who um, is an interesting team, I think, um, but... Yeah, we're in an interesting position, sitting 5-3-0 uh, and o with 15 points, tied at the top of Group F with Hartford. Unfortunately, Hartford has two games in hand, so we'll see, we'll see how that goes. But um, we're halfway through the season. Uh, I guess just a quick look back then, Steve, any thoughts on uh, the first half of the season? Um. Well, if we had to play a 34-game season like we've seen in these past eight games, I'm not convinced that we are a top-four team in the East with performances like that over the course of a whole season. Um, now, I'll qualify that with saying, I mean, we can look back over the past couple seasons with Lily at the helm and, uh, you know, start slow. That's what's happened both seasons, right? Like, we've seen things go to a point where we haven't been as strong out of the gate so is that what this is i was really kind of hoping we wouldn't see something like that i'm hoping that's what this is um you know i think you and i have had conversations around this uh uh josh mike and kev have talked about this at times we've talked about this in other settings with more people less people whatever right uh is this the best towns team we've ever seen some some of us, including myself, have claimed that maybe this is the best Hound teams. Well, if I've said that, I'm going to retcon that. I'm going to go back and say this might be the most talented Hounds team. But at least in the past three years, this is the worst of the three teams. Now, that doesn't mean they can't become better than those other two teams. But at this point right now, I don't think I can put this team against uh, the third place or first place teams in the past two seasons. Um but I see a lot of really good talent on the roster, so that makes me hopeful for the future. Yeah, I mean, currently if we were playing uh, a season, we would be sitting tied for fourth place with Hartford. Uh, Indy, Indy has a 6-2-1 record for 19 mm -hmm. points. However, they, they have played nine games. Tampa Bay has a 5-0-3 oh, record, 18 points. Uh, Birmingham has a 5-1-2 record for 17 points, and then we're tied with Hartford at 15. So... 
Uh, so we're sitting, you know, in fourth place if, mm-hmm. if you look at the table, but yep. there is no table this season, so we're looking at this very differently. So, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think this is the most talented team the Hounds have had potentially ever, even comparatively to the rest of the league. Um, but we have not found the way to gel as a team yet. I don't know what that is. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just Lily starting slow. Um, but we're struggling to kind of find that team team dynamic. Well, and I think there are a couple other aspects to that. Uh, I mean, you look at last year, the team had something to build on with a lot of core players returning from that season in 2018 uh, to improve on the season going into 2019. Uh, and then what happened? Two center backs. Uh, uh, losing uh, a Kevin Kerr, uh, losing a Nico Brett, right? I mean, right there alone, you've got uh, four guys that were instrumental two seasons ago and then we built on uh, in the last season that all of a sudden were gone. And you have to replace those guys. Um, and then some other other pieces moving out, right, like throughout the past couple of years. And so, I mean, look at this team now versus the team two years ago when we were in third place. There's very little overlap. I mean, what are we looking at? Tommy V, uh, Kenny Forbes, Jordan Dover. That's it, right? Like, <laughs> it's yeah. a lot of turnover, right? So we've yeah, got three guys sure. that played here on that that team that got third place two seasons ago. Um, so I, I think what that makes me think is going forward, if we keep a lot of these same guys, um, especially the guys that are performing well, uh, next year looks really good to me, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, for if sure. If there's a season, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's, there's, there's positive ways to look at what's happened already. There's positive things to think about in the future. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, I think the reality is, and, and I'm sure Lily is going to drill this into the guys, like, we only have eight games, so mm-hmm. you've got eight games to figure out how to make the playoffs, to figure out how to end up in second place, you know, at least. Um, I don't, it's not a tall task, <laughs> you know. Um, even at this point, it, the Red Bulls have nine points to make up. Loudon has uh, 11. So, it's, I mean, this is, this is not a tall task to be making the playoffs this season. But I think, yeah, I mean, You've got to figure out how to gel, though, because we've got mm-hmm. to figure out how to beat good teams. Like, yeah. we're not... The way the group's working out, that we are... If we end up in second place, that's pretty much a trip to Lucas Oil Stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we end up in first place, that means Louisville or St. Louis is coming here. So, yeah. it's not an easy run-in in these playoffs. So, we have to figure out how to play good teams. Yeah. So, I mean, I think... I think that's the crux of, of the issue a little bit for me in this in this season. So, just setting up the game a little bit for Saturday. Uh, Riverhounds come in five three zero, like I said earlier, two one and zero at home. St. Louis comes in four three and one overall, one and two on the road. Uh, for the Riverhounds, this is their last game against a non-group opponent. Our last eight game, our last seven games after this are three against Hartford, two against Loudon and one each against New York and Philadelphia. Uh, and then just an interesting stat that has kind of come across the table uh, and was talked about in the game last night. Uh, Pittsburgh actually ranked second in the USL championship with 20 goals scored 
That is second to Phoenix Rising, who has 25 goals scored. Club also leads the entire league with a 30% conversion rate. So those are kind of the stats that were given out by the Hounds this week is, is things to look out for. And then one other thing that was talked about in the game last night, uh, Kenny is sitting at 24 assists, which is third for the Hounds in club history, tied with Matt Dahlman. Uh, he's sitting only behind David Flavius, who has 25, and then Kevin Kerr, who set the record last year at mm-hmm. 27. So things to things to look out for and, and things to think about as we move forward. Yeah, so um, interesting stats that you brought up there. Uh, the one qualification with that 30% conversion rate for the Hounds, though, is uh, that may be first in the league uh, across all the groups. Um, but we're sitting at 22nd in terms of uh, number of shots taken. Um, so, yeah, we're converting a lot of our, our, our shots into uh, good opportunities, right? Um, but we're not taking a lot of shots. We're not yeah, I had some thoughts on that. So it's like, I don't know what to do with that. So sure, we're efficient, but, you know, would I guess the question... I have for you is would you sacrifice a 5% efficiency to see us take uh, 50% more shots on average, right? Like, I would. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, just thinking about that, right? So, um, I did a little digging into that because I thought the conversion rate was interesting um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to see just how that sort of compared and what we're looking at across the league and, yeah, how, how like, just reading into that stat a little bit, right? So, mm-hmm. Like I said, Phoenix has 25 goals for the season. They're in first place. They're also number one in shots taken. Uh, with They have 140 shots. Now, their conversion rate is 23%, and you might be saying 25 is not 23% of 140. You're right. Uh, the way that they are doing conversion rate is they exclude blocked shots. So if you go down to blocked shot, shots that are not blocked, uh, Phoenix has 25 goals on 109 shots. We have 20 goals on 66 shots. Like I said, 60, 79 shots, our overall shot total is 22nd in the league. Um, Phoenix Rising, their 23% conversion rate is three is ranked 3 in the league. And the team that I think is interesting that I want to look at and I think is an interesting comparison for us as we think about how we're doing in the league and how we can be creating shots. The number two ranked conversion rate in the league is 25%. And ironically enough, it it belongs to Nico Brett's Birmingham Legion. Uh, They have 14 goals on the season on 67 shots, 56 of those which were not blocked for a 25% conversion rate. So I, I, I think what's interesting is if you take our 25%, if you take a 25% conversion rate, apply that to our shot total of 66, that only is 16 goals. So we're giving up four goals based on that. Last year, we had a 19.6% conversion rate. So, I mean, we are, we, we are converting way above average. Uh, and so... I, yeah, I mean, I I would definitely, if we could put, uh, you know, another 15 shots on goal, I would be much appreciative of that. The other thing that I just thought was interesting as I looked it up, 
So the the third place teams in goals scored all have 15, and it's four teams: Indy, Reno, San Antonio, and Tacoma. Uh, all of them have 15 goals on the season. Their shot totals are 126, 98, 114, and 90. So all of them have 10 more shots or more than what we do. So I just feel like if we're going to keep kind of the pace, if we're going to keep pace with Phoenix, we've got to get closer to their shot total. I mean, they're almost doubling us in shots. So we've got to figure out how to get closer to their shot total if we're going to keep pace with them goal-wise. Yeah, so I've, I've got a couple of additional thoughts on that where I think maybe those stats can be a little bit deceiving. Um, so uh, we look at some of those teams that are, are sitting at third, right, in, in, with the 15, um, four of those teams. Um, none of those teams have had the advantage of being able to put 10 goals in on a single team across two games, which we've had. now. I'm a big proponent of being able to say, you know, you can't play the teams that are not in front of you. You can only play who you have, right? We've played Philly Union twice, and we've been able to score six and four goals in those games. Um, That's to our benefit. However, are we going to score six and four goals against a team that might be a little bit more of a competition? Uh, Would we do that against Birmingham? I mean, I think Birmingham got a lot better than the team that... uh, got seven scored against them in the playoffs last year by us, right? Like, I think Birmingham's a better team. I don't know if we're playing Birmingham twice if we're able to do that same thing, even if we take just as many shots. So, um, so yeah, I, we've done those things. Those are evident. That's happened this season. But in a different context, would we be looking as good on paper as we do with our conversion rate and our number of goals? I don't know. But again, you know, that's not the reality. So we've got what we've got. I agree. We need to be finding ways to keep our conversion rate high and taking more shots. Yeah, I mean, my problem with the whole thing, right, is is Indy, Indy has has showed the game plan that that beats a Bob Lilly team, or that specifically beats this team. You know, for both games, essentially, they sat in two banks of four with in the first game two runners. In the second game, two runners for the first half and one runner for the second half of the game. And we, and I and I, I think I wrote about this last year or at least have talked about it in the past, we don't have that creative player who can break down a two-line, a four defense. And I think that's my, that's that's been like the crux of the issue for me with this team and, and was over the years, if you think about the teams who have beaten us, um, and I even go back to July 2018, playing against Charleston at Highmark Stadium, they sat back for 80-something minutes of that game and then got a runner free in the 85th minute of that game and beat us one nothing for our only loss at home that year. That's the that's the plan to beat a Bob Lee team. You sit back, you invite all the pressure, and then you get a runner going for you know, a a counter goal somewhere in the game. And I think that that is just what is missing. I I made a comment to John Krasinski about this at some point in the last couple weeks too. And he said the last player that we had that was sort of like that was when Zemanski was here. 
that Zemanski is a former MLS player, had a little bit more creativity, could mm-hmm. could do some things to break down a defense. But I think for me, it comes down to, like you said, we have to be more, we have to create more shots or continue to have a unreal conversion rate. And if we keep doing one of those things, then we're going to keep winning games. But I, my problem is that I don't think we can rely on that in the playoffs. We can't rely on the high conversion rate in the playoffs because against uh, Evan Newton, against uh, Evan Laura, against uh, uh, Kyle Morton, who's having a great season, you're mm-hmm. not going to convert 30% of your shots. Right. So... What are you going to do? You know, like, this is what the Hounds have to do is figure out how to break down these defenses. Well, and to be fair, not just a Kyle Morton, but a Kyle Morton with a Toby Adewole standing right in front of him who, for the past couple seasons, has seen some of these players on the Hounds and what they can do, right? I mean, he, he sure. played with, uh, with Kenny for couple seasons here in Pittsburgh uh he played with Robbie for a season he played with Anthony Velarde for a season he played with Dos Santos for a season um so yeah I mean not only are we playing a team that is going to be better than some of the two teams in our division uh we're playing a team that and and I mean I think Mike talked about this a little bit on Monday a team where there's players that know what to expect in high mark and what to expect from some of these Hounds players and a Bob Lilly system. So that makes it uh, even more difficult to try to figure out how this game is going to shake out. I just can't get over the inconsistency that I'm seeing as I look through what's happened with St. Louis. I mean, they're able to find ways to be Indy and Louisville, uh, but then they're losing to teams that I'm like, what the heck is going on over here, right? Like, like how do they lose to a uh, Tulsa? How do they lose to a Memphis, right? Like, I just don't understand what's going on with them. And not that Tulsa's bad, but Tulsa's got two wins, right? Like, they haven't lost a game, but they've only got two wins. So, I just don't know how to read St. Louis, because... They're all over the place with when they're winning and when they're losing and who they're doing that against. Yeah. I, I'm i going to tweet this out, too, from the Mongols account, but so you guys can see this. But I, I think an interesting comparison just for us Hounds fans. I mean, for the last two years, maybe even three, in USL, Phoenix Rising has been the cream of the crop. They've been mm-hmm. the best team in the league mm-hmm. by far. Um, you know, they've had some struggles kind of finishing seasons off in playoffs and, and all of that kind of stuff. But, you know, regular season, there's it's hard to argue against what Phoenix Rising has done over the past two years. I think it's interesting, though, when you look at the Riverhounds' stats <laughs> compared to, you know, Phoenix's stats and just see kind of what the two teams are doing and kind of what the difference is between the teams are you look at the offense you're looking at phoenix just takes a ton more shots than we do um and so they don't have as high of a conversion rate but they're putting the ball in the back of the net because they're shooting all the time defensively the two teams are the same we might be a little bit better at tackling but other than that the two teams are virtually identical on the defensive end and and the stats that we put up through eight games 
you look at the distribution, and the one thing that I think is really telling about this Hounds team and was why I think they couldn't get a goal against Indy are their number of successful crosses. Thirty, They've had 30 successful crosses. 28% of their crosses are successful. We have 17 for a 19% success rate. It's, I mean, we have to be able to get the ball wide and get the ball into the into the center of the pitch, mm-hmm. and that's gonna that's gonna provide some good things. And then again, you look at our, you know, fouls and and all of that stuff. And again, the stats are almost identical. This is not, we're not far off. We're not. We've talked about this over the past couple of weeks. We're not far off of being a really good team in this league. We just have to figure it out against the better teams in the league. We can't drop you know we don't get the chance this is our last kind of you know Hartford will, will be a test I'm not sure they're as good as Indy I'm not sure they're as good as St. Louis but we have to figure out how to get it done against these mm-hmm. teams yeah yeah agreed um, I don't have anything more to say about St. Louis yeah there's not um, much the only other thing I found was they shoot they don't head they don't score from set pieces. Keep them out of the box. That's it. Ten goals, which, all from in the box. Which we're good at, you know. <laughs> right, like, I, it's, it's not a big of anything, right? It's like, well, you know, we could give up a couple fouls, and it's probably not going to amount to anything. All right, last question I'd ask you, and I was just thinking about this. I don't remember where I predicted this season ending points-wise. I don't, I don't remember. 48 total points. We've already dropped nine. So our total points that we can get at this point is 39 uh realizing that would be all the points available to us over these next eight games what's the number what's the number for you that that i'm not even gonna say makes the playoffs because i think we could pretty much do anything in these last you know like if we get a few results here and there over these last over these last eight games we, we make the playoffs What's the number to win the division? What do we have to do? Out of the 24 points remaining, what do we have to get? Oh, interesting. So so out of the points remaining, what do we have to do? Uh, with that being said, we're tied with right. Hartford, who has two more games. They have so two they more have, games. They have 30 points on the board. We have, we have 24. So, so I've thought about this question, but in a slightly different way. Uh, I haven't thought about it specifically in the points i've thought about it what does it take and what it takes is you know what we beat hartford three times i don't like that's all it takes right like uh what does it take to win the division points wise or the group points wise i i'm gonna say that hartford's gonna drop points elsewhere um They've got some. They've got some games where they can lose some points. I mean, I think those some of those two teams are going to be hungry against them. I think New York can beat them. I think Loudon can show that they can beat them at some point, right? Um, and I believe Hartford still has at least one out of group game left, if I remember from the last time I looked. But that was a little while ago. Um, I, I don't know how to answer your question, points wise. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think here's, the reality... what, I'll, here's what I'll say. Uh, what will I be satisfied to see from the house? Um, so I had said this early, uh, I think before things got like actually kicked back off, but uh, we had a bigger group show, um, and I had made the comparison that we were on, uh, we, we had 68 points out of 
34 games last season, right? So two points per game on average, right? Um, that's 32 this season. I don't think 32 wins the group, though. I mean, that's 17, that's 17 out of 24 points. Right. So, I mean, here's the thing, right? Like you said, like, I think... And I say that only because, because Hartford has a game in hand, or a couple games in hand. Right, but it's pretty easy. Like you said, it's pretty easy to say uh, uh, we could get nine against Hartford. And obviously that changes the, that, that changes the dynamic of what we have to get mm-hmm. elsewhere because those are then six-point swing games. You know, mm-hmm. like, it, it's... It's hard to it's hard to look at it and say like, you know, obviously if you get nine points off of one team, that means they have nine points less than they would have otherwise. So it's it's hard to to look at it. If we if we start tying Hartford, then then you're asking them to lose some other games and all this kind of stuff. Here's I mean here's what I think right. If we get if we get nine against Hartford, I think thirty two wins the group. I think okay. Because I could agree with that. They're looking at then having to get all eighteen other points or mm-hmm. twenty one other points that they have available. You know, so I think for us, I mean if we get nine, I think thirty two could win the group. I mean thirty two is gonna be tough anyway, because that's that's five wins like we just did, plus two draws and only one loss. So you're looking at a very different second half than what we kinda had going in if one of those losses is against Hartford then you're then you're struggling a little bit I think I mean I think we need 20 points to guarantee us winning the group we could probably do it on 17 if if we have some options you know if so I guess we need uh, yeah so I think we need somewhere in the vicinity of 18 to 20 points yeah and and I think the challenge of this right we've got Eight games, we play Hartford three times in those eight games, and that's going to be the difference maker. Right. right. Uh, yeah. I, one of the op, like one of the things that could happen is we might only net three points against Hartford, right? Like, if they win once, but we're only up, like we only gain three points. Yeah. We'll have six. They'll have three out of those three games, right? Like, yep. like that's a big difference. Yeah. It's a six-point yep. swing, right, from going from three wins to two wins and a loss. Yeah. I mean, out of the games dropped... That throws everything into... Right. The games you don't win. And that's the challenge of this game, right? The games you don't win can't be against Hartford. You have to get the three against Hartford. And then... You don't... And then you're talking about... You have five other games. uh, And... If you're talking about if we tie or lose on Saturday, <laughs> then I mean then you're then you're putting a lot of pressure on those last mm-hmm. seven games. So I mm-hmm. think we have to be able to get points against Hartford. Yeah. That, I mean that's the crux of the issue for that. Yeah, I mean, but getting nine points against Hartford puts us up to twenty-four. If we were just played in the next three games, right? Yeah, and keeps them at fifteen. Yeah. So then, even if we if they win an ex- if they win their games in hand, they are still three points behind us. Yep. Yep. Um, that's the advantage that we have is that it is fully in our hands. We're not reliant on external uh, yep. external results. Beating Hartford makes a big difference. Right, and the and the benefit is 
you know, New York Red Bulls are chasing us. They're nine mm-hmm. points back from us. They only have one game against us, so they mm-hmm. can only make up right. three points. They can't. They can't make up the difference, you know, unless we start dropping games elsewhere. Um, same with Loudon. You know, we play them twice. They're eleven points back. Even with two wins against us, they can't make up the difference. Philly, they only have one game, so they can't make up the difference. So uh, we're doing a good job against against separating ourselves from them. Now the question is, can we can we start gaining on Hartford? And that's kind of yet to be seen. Yeah, and then you start looking at some of the interactions, right? New York is sure two more games played, but they still are only nine points behind Hartford as well, and they have to play each other two more times. Yep. Uh, so there's all sorts of the other interaction effects, but the bottom line is, yeah, as we've been saying, uh, what happens between Pittsburgh and Hartford, I think, determines who wins the group. Yeah, I would just, I mean, over eight games, I would love to see us get 18 points. You know, mm-hmm. uh, if if we go six and two, as long as one of those losses is not against Hartford, I mm-hmm. think we still win the group. Yep. Um, we just can't lose against Hartford. Can't do it. Okay, so I'm, I'm looking through. And I just, <laughs> I mean, I think the reason this is important is we, I don't want to go to Lucas Oil Stadium for the first round of the playoffs. Don't want to do it. Right. I don't want to go to Lucas Oil Stadium ever again. <laughs> Not sure we're going to have that opportunity. That but, but, you know. So here's the other interesting thing. Um, so they said, uh, teams would play three times within their group and then play other regional teams. However, Hartford uh, plays Philly four times and they play New York four times. So two of their out-of-group games are actually against teams within the group. Yeah. So they've got, they've got bad teams. <laughs> and it looks like there's got to be something else going on because actually the only team I see on their schedule... That's out of group was Indy. I mean, it could have been depending on who they played before the restart. It, yes, that that's so part. So if they had already played Philly and New York before the restart, they. Yep. So. No, they play well, all three. All they play all the three teams or the two teams four times actually. The, the, their other game is yeah. against Loudon. That's crazy. Yeah. So we get we get St. Louis, Indy twice, Louisville, and and. They get Louisville, Loudon, Philly, and New York Red Bulls too. <laughs> yep, it is what it is, man. It is what it is. Play who's in front of you. Yeah, you, I mean it's true though. You got to play who's in front of you. The good thing is, like like we said, we've we've created some separation between the bottom three teams in the group. Um, so now I think we just need to figure out how we can get points off of Hartford and keep getting points off these teams at the bottom of the group. Mm-hmm. All right, one last question for you. Yeah. Final score for this weekend. What's your prediction? No, uh, Steve. Uh, realistically, 1-1 one, one draw. Okay. I'm going to stick with what I've been saying on our Slack channel recently, uh, that I was wrong uh, against Loudon, um, fortunately. Um, uh but I'm going to say that we are going to start well again. Uh, we're going to score two goals in the first half. Uh, and then somehow we're going to get tired. And, and this is the game where we give up the late goal. Again, <laughs> those late goals are coming back this season. I promise. 
I don't want them to, but they are. As long as it doesn't happen in a zero zero game, I'm fine with that. It can, it can, they can come. But. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's get out of here. We've we've done we've done our deal. We've done our our mission. And uh, but anyway, we're sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, official scarves supplier to MLS, USL, US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team. RoughneckScarves.com. Acres FC, check them out. They do great work with jerseys. They're killing the game over and over and over again. Uh, so go check them out. We are part of the Beautiful Game Network, who has added two or three podcasts this week. I don't even remember. Um, and so go check out some of the new additions. But keep checking us out at Mongols. And you can find us at Mongols uh, everywhere you would like to find us. And we'll be there. So jump in and... Let us know how we're doing. Let us know what you want to hear us talk about. And uh, yeah, and the other thing, man, if you're not a Patreon subscriber, jump in. It's a dollar a month to get access to a whole after show of, of content um, that has been great over the past couple of weeks. So check that out. Steve, yeah. I'll talk to you next week after hopefully we come away with a win against the Saints. Hopefully. I'll see you.